Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. This is Frank's Many Mini Movie Reviews, Volume 2. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith-Arains. And I'm Clifton. All right, Frank, we missed you last week. How are you feeling? Uh, <clears throat> I am feeling better, but I'm still dealing with the, the after effects of being sick. So, uh, you know, I, I'm doing the best that I can. It was, it was, it's one of those things where while I enjoy the idea of doing these mini movie reviews, I certainn't do want to have to keep having to do them because <laughs> <Right. laughs> sure, it, you know, outside of the podcast, it, it takes a large chunk of my life away from my actual life. So it's, you know, I, I would, I would rather just build them up over time and then do them, but not have to have them, you know, with surgery or with a, a major illness. So that would be nice. Right. But yeah, no, I'm feeling better. I, uh, you know, I've got some some lingering stuff, but otherwise, I'm I'm way better than I was when you guys went to record the last episode. So, it's good, feeling much better. Okay. How's this list compared to your last one? Well, that's something that I I wanted to get get across early and and often, which was I didn't make good choices this time around. Um, <laughs> part of being sick, I, I would I would start something, and I would zone out. And, and, and I realized this is probably not the best way to go when you're trying to enjoy a movie. Um, you know, like my mom passing out two minutes into a movie we all try to watch as a family. Um, I, I just figured, no, I'm, you know, I'll try to watch some stuff, but I didn't watch anywhere near as much as I watched last time. Um, and again, I didn't make the best choices. So let's not judge me on that, please. Let's not take points <laughs> off for that. It's not a competition. No promises. No promises. It's an exhibition, not a competition. <laughs> so please, no wagering. I am going to present what I watched. And then we can talk about. It. I did. I will say this. I, in 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 light of last episode, I did get to see the Batman. I watched that. Okay, that was one of the things I watched. But we can talk about that in depth. My, you know, I, I did listen to the episode finally from last week. You guys sounded great. Um, it was a good episode. But having said that, I um I did watch it, and then I do have thoughts. But you know, it's like I said, compared to what I watched, compared to the Batman, there might be a bit of um. It might be weighted on one side as the quality of what I watched. Mm. I'll just say that up front because <laughs> okay. again, some of these I, I got. I looked at my list. I've looked at my list a couple times. I thought this is just wow. Okay, I guess I was just where I was. I guess that's just where I was in my in my in my moment of being sick, where right. I was like, nope, it's on. I don't feel like cha- I don't. I don't have the energy to change it. Let's just watch yeah. and see what happens. So just, just blame the illness. It's fine. This is what I can handle right now. Right. Exactly. This is yeah. enough for me right now. Yes. No, understood. Um, okay, but yes. you got around to seeing the Batman, so that's good. So so we'll uh we'll close on that. So we'll get okay. through everything else first and then and then we'll sort of, you know, uh end on on the Batman. Um, you know, I'm sure uh we're all tapped on it. But yes. you know, I, I'm I I'm very, very anxious to hear what you have to say. So okay. this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So um and you could you could offer a nice counterpoint to everything that that, that we were saying too. Sure. Oh no. Um, I mean, that, some is as usual. Some stuff I'm right. You know, we're right in the same. We park our cars in the same garage on some of the stuff that you guys, you guys talked about. And some of them, I'm like, well, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I don't see it that way, but that's okay. That's what okay. makes it fun. Um, and interesting. I hope to people that listen. So, all right. So having said all that, let's start with the first movie that I watched. Um, all right, buckle in, guys. Yep, get ready. I watched I watched We're the Millers. That was one of the first movies that I watched. Okay. While okay. I was home. Uh if you're not familiar with We're the Millers, it's Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston, uh Emma Roberts, Will Poulter, Ed Helms, um mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn. Let me see who else is in that movie. Let me think. Um Oh, Nick Offerman, the great Nick Offerman's in mm-hmm. it as well. So yeah. um I knew, you know, I'd seen the trailers when it came out. I really didn't, you know, it was not a movie that I was going to like go, you know, spend time with, or I would have bought a ticket to, but it happened to be on the HBO and I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. Not a bad movie. It was fun. Like I, I laughed in parts and, and, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the, with the, the premise is that Jason Sudeikis is a, is a lowercase D drug dealer. He's not like a huge, you know, he's not like Walter White and he's not like, um, you know, scary because it's jason sudeikis so he's basically you know he sells pot and and through um no fault no fault of his own ends up owing ed helms who is his supplier a ton of money and ed helms tells him listen i need you to go to mexico and get this this major shipment for me and bring it back basically i need you to be a drug trafficker at this point um jason sudeikis sort of assembles uh between like people that live in this building 
and this this homeless girl or this girl that's living on the street, Emma Roberts, and then Jennifer Aniston and Will Poulter. He basically puts them together and makes them into a family. And they rent a Winnebago to take all this marijuana back from Mexico. And then hilarity ensues, right? Yes. Um, I could honestly, my biggest takeaway from it was I honestly thought at some point this has to be a um, National Lampoon's European vacation type situation or vacation situation. Mm-hmm. Because it just felt like that in parts. It felt very much like, um, you know, if Chevy and, and Chevy and, and Beverly D'Angelo were still making those movies, they would have made this movie. That's what it felt like to right. me. Because there's definitely moments like, in it where I'm like, like you know, a he, gritty remake of Vacation. <laughs> well, not a gritty. I mean, that's so much a gritty remake. Just kind of like, you know, Clark's been into food additives. You know, that's his thing, right? He deals mm-hmm. with food additives. That's his whole his whole shtick as a, as his job. Um, and for some reason, he has to transport pot back across from Mexico. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like it was it was tweaked or fine tuned into being something like that. Has anyone else seen it? I have seen it. I've seen it. It's been a while ago. Yeah. I have okay. not. Okay, I'm not shocked. Um, again, it was it was not terrible. It, it you know it's got some good stuff in it. Um, you know Nick Offerman and, and Catherine Hahn is as a couple that they end up running into, and then you know because you know it's one of those movies wires get crossed and they and they think they're trying to swing with them is pretty funny. Is that um, in yeah. like the like in, on vacation in Mexico they run into them like where the trailers are parked? Um, they run into them as they're coming back across the, into the States. Okay. Okay. Right. And their daughter, their daughter's the love interest of Will Poulter's character. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, played, played by Molly Quinn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Molly Quinn yeah. plays, plays the, the love interest of, and then, you know, but at one point they have like a brick of, of marijuana and they're holding, Jennifer Anderson's holding like a baby and Catherine Hahn is like crazy for, you know, for, she thinks that the baby, she's like, I'm going to hold that baby. I'm going to hold that baby. I'm crazy for babies. And you know, do you know that that's a ticking time clock on, you know, on, on that whole situation of like, right. how are they going to, how are they going to figure right. this out? Um, and they do, and it, it works out fine. Um, I, I mean, it's not something I would say rush out and, and, and you know, go find tonight and watch mm-hmm. or whenever you listen to this podcast. But it's a, I mean, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I, you know, again, it might have been, I was dope to the gills. So that might be part of the reason why I enjoyed it too. <laughs> On legal stuff, mind you, I was taking all my over my over the counter stuff as well as my, as my prescribed medicine for my illness. Well, so, lots of stuff is legal. So people yes. might be watching on that too. <laughs> so, so yeah, overall, like I said, it was, it was, it was a fun movie. I, w- I would not recommend it to, 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 you know, don't go, don't rush to see it. But if it's on and, and it's, it's fine, it's, it's got its moments. There's some good stuff in it, you know. I do like the bit where Jennifer Aniston and Emma Roberts are teaching Will Poulter how to kiss. Oh right? yeah, and then, yeah. and then they walk in on him. Yes, and, right. And it's like, right. Oh, they're like supposed to be a kiss your mom and your sister. Right. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. again, it, it made me think of it made me think of the scene from the original Vacation, where you know, um, you know, I'm where the where um, what's her name from from uh, Thirty Rock and Kimmy Schmidt, um. She was also on Allie McBeal. I can't remember her name at the moment, but she's, it's like one of her first roles and she's telling um, the daughter, you know, I, um, I go, I go steady and I French kiss. Right. And, and, you know, the punchline is that daddy thinks I'm the best at it when they mm-hmm. go to see cousin, yeah. the cousin, uh, what's the name played by Randy Quaid. Um, Eddie. Eddie, thank you. Yeah, that would have that, that taken all night. I never would have gotten to that. But yeah, Jane Krakowski, it's like her first role. Yeah. Jane Krakowski is the yep. one that tell, has that great line about, you know, it reminded me of that whole scene when they're trying to teach him how to kiss. I was like, well, this is, again, this is that, that vacation feeling <laughs> that I've had <laughs> right, before. Right. But, I mean, and, and again, it's Sudeikis' play is, is, is vacillating between, you know, trying to be charming as this, you know, ne'er-do-well kind of like never advanced in his life drug dealer type. You know, because mm. he runs into um, he runs to a friend of his early on in the in the show in the in the movie he runs into um, oh who is it? It's somebody. It's what's his name from Reno nine one one. Thomas Tom Landon. He runs yeah. to Tom Landon. And Tom Landon's like, wow, you're still selling pot, you know, in your <laughs> like late thirties. That's I guess something that some people could do. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know, he he vacillates back and forth between kind of being charming and kind of being terrible. So it's 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 definitely Chevy territory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's the other thing about it. Where I was, I got Chevy vibes, Chevy Chase vibes. If you're not familiar with, I, I call him Chevy because you know I've seen everything he's done practically. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, like I said, we're the Millers. I would give it. What would I give it? I'd give it a like a 
B minus. Like it's not a terrible movie, but it's not it's it, it's not it's not going to surprise you. You know, it's not going to be right. something where you're like, that's really great cinema or a great yeah. movie. It's 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 fun for what it was. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. I didn't realize it was Catherine Hahn, though. You know, now after mm-hmm. seeing WandaVision, I hadn't gone back to see like, <laughs> oh, what have I seen her in before? Right. Uh, so I didn't remember it was her. I I vaguely remember Nick Offerman in it because it had been yes. a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's become a meme. Like, that's where mm-hmm. people mostly know it now is from the one meme that's like the four panel meme of mm-hmm. of Jennifer Aniston saying you're making 500,000 and you're only giving me 30 and then Emma saying 30 I'm only getting a thousand right and then Will mm-hmm. Bulger's character saying you guys are getting paid you guys are getting paid right exactly. <laughs> like that's become a famous meme so that's like the one uh, lasting thing in pop culture I think that's come mm-hmm. out of this movie but gotcha. it is a lot of fun it is I enjoyed it like I said I'm not you know I have worse choices on my list it's that's not the worst choice I've made in in my in my time of watching this for the for this episode of 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 things to watch, I do like the outtake in the credits when they're when they put put on the the friends theme on the radio. Oh yeah, to get and Jennifer yeah. Aniston has no idea about it, and they're all mm-hmm. singing it, and then she's like she looks mortified and embarrassed. But right, yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it worked. It got her. She was she yeah. was very you know, and they're all singing to her. You know, mm-hmm. your love life's DOA and all that good stuff. So, <laughs> but. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, they're all doing that. Yes. So, yes, we're the Millers. That was the first thing I watched. So, not a terrible okay. movie. Um, but it was it was it was definitely a, a Jennifer Aniston twofer. And this one I was definitely not as into and did not enjoy as near as much was the breakup. Okay, Vince Vaughn, right? which was Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn as a couple that mm-hmm. are that are just not working out very well together. They decide they um they don't want to give up the place that they live in. So they break up, but stay together in the same apartment. And then, you know, they try to basically make the best quote unquote of living in the same building. Um, I, you know, it was, again, it was on, that was one of the ones I, I woke your up voice. in. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> what, what'd you, I hear your a, voice. Here we go. All right. Yeah. I, this, no, this was not, a, I mean, it's not a very good movie. It's, it's, it's all right. Um, the cast isn't bad. It's like I said, it's Aniston and, and Vince Vaughn. Justin Long's in it. Um, John Michael Higgins, who I like a lot in pretty much everything he does. Joey Lauren Adams was in it. Uh, I think D'Onofrio, if I remember correctly, didn't, he plays his brother. And they run like a tour guide. You know, it's another, it's another <laughs> case of, you know, that a, a guy, a guy in his late thirties who's, who's, you know, who hasn't developed or is still in a, in a moment of rest of development. Um, but like, there are things I like, Oh yeah. I forget. Jason Bateman plays like against type and he plays like their, their, um, their, uh, realtor i think okay. john favreau of course is in it because it's a vince vaughn movie um <laughs> oddly enough the one thing that stuck out to me was peter billingsley was in it does everyone know who peter billingsley is Mm-mm. yeah from christmas story yes peter billingsley was, was from christmas story and if you go way back he was on a show um uh that he used to be like the kid reporter for like this this show that was like um what was it called oh my god it was on nbc i could see it in my head it was basically a show like like I wouldn't remember that's incredible the seventies right. late kind of like yeah. that, but it was on NBC and it was the same sort of thing where it was like human interest stories. Okay. And he was like, he was like the kid reporter. And then he got, um, he got to be on, he got to be in a Christmas story. That's his big thing. And then he kind of like, I think he went into producing movies mm-hmm. before he like came, but that was like the first thing I'd see. Oh, and I think he's in elf. I think that's the other thing that he had done. <laughs> if I remember correctly, right. he's in that too. Ralphie from Christmas stories who we're talking about. Yes. You yeah. know, you know him. You mm-hmm. can just shoot your eye out, kid. Yep. I was like, Kolchak? So, <laughs> no, 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 not Kolchak. Completely different guy. But yeah, he was on, he was in it. And again, that was one of those things where I was like, whoa, that's really surprising because again, hadn't seen him in at least like that I could remember him in anything. But overall, it's, it's, you know, it's not a very good movie. Again, it was on after. So, and that was one of the ones like I was just kind of too out of it to change the channel. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel I didn't feel like it was objectionable enough that I had to change the channel, so right. I didn't. Um again, I'm not proud of my choice. <laughs> I would not recommend the movie <laughs> to anyone. You could you could go the rest of your life with not seeing it and you'll be fine. Has anyone else seen it? I've not seen I've it. I've never seen it. Never I've seen, not it? seen it either. Okay. Very good. I was looking up Peter Billingsley. He was also in Iron Man and Spider-Man Far From Home. No, he wasn't. Don't, he t- don't make that up. You're making it up. 
<laughs> or IMDb As, made it up. Well, somebody. Okay. But I am seeing it. Was he was a background player? Was yeah, that? He's or? Got the oh same, my god! Wait, he's got the same name he, in both of them. Huh? Is he the is he the bald guy? The guy that the that the stain is like Tony Stark built this in a cave. No, oh, no, I don't know. Is he? Is oh, he? Yeah, I think it's that guy. He's one of uh, yeah. He's one of Mysterio's henchmen. Oh, with the glasses. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Yep. Now, no, no. Oh I my god, I didn't yeah, know that was the one that he's the one that yeah gets yelled at. Oh, poor Ralphie in mm. Iron Man, and then <laughs> okay. is back in Far From Home working gotcha. for Mysterio. When, is he like the one that leads the toast when they when they pull it? They pull mm-hmm. the wool over old Peter's eyes. Yep. Okay. And we get the flashback gotcha. to Iron Man. Yeah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Now, I, now I, I feel better for Peter Billingsley. <laughs> so I didn't, he's worked a little more recently than I thought. Well, that's good. And but, he's not um, actually bald. That was a haircut. Okay. His hair was cut oh, wow. to look like okay. that. I remember watching in, in a special feature. Mm. <laughs> so that's what Ralphie's been up to. Gotcha. I okay, didn't well, even know. Yep. No, I didn't. He's, I wasn't aware. He's executive producer of Iron Man. Is he really? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Wow, I'm learning all sorts of stuff. Okay, cool. Good again. I good remember for him. that from the extra, but I was I just looked it up just now just to make sure I didn't like, you know, uh, make that up. But yeah, he's executive okay. producer of Iron Man. Executive hmm. producer of the breakup also. Well, there. Well, as it turns out, uh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, good. Again, eh, it's fine. Don't bother seeing it. I'll give it a C. <laughs> a solid C. It's good cast. Cast is really good. It's just it's just an okay movie. It's not, I mean, Vin Vaughn, I think Vince Vaughn was like at like the height of his powers and it's still just an okay movie. So don't bother. <laughs> Might have been dating Aniston at this point too. I can't remember. Did they date? If they, it, yeah, they did for a little. I can't remember if they met on this movie and started dating uh, or if they okay. were dating and did this movie together. Uh, gotcha. Can't remember. Gotcha. Okay. It's no swingers. No, okay. no, really. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Love swing. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so um okay did right. you grade it oh. i did i gave it a c solid c okay you can go right. re- again go the rest of your life without seeing it, you'll be fine just forget it was a movie you'll be okay um what did i see next oh i watched um i watched the judd apatow george carlin documentary that was like four hours long and that i felt that that counted even though it's not like a <laughs> an actual theatrical right. release um but I did watch it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was very good. I had watched the one that he had done about Gary Shandling. Has anyone else seen that one? No. He had done, I believe, I'm not incorrect here. I thought he had done both of those, but let me just see. Yeah, he did The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, which was a documentary from in 2018. And I liked it. If, I highly recommend that one if you like Gary Shandling at all, whether that be like his stand-up or his like, you know, the... Um, Gary Shanley show or uh, Larry Sanders. Right. Highly recommend that one because it's really well done. But this one, Carlin, I think was, you know, if, if you're familiar with George Carlin's, his standup um, and his influence on standup and his, his comedy, it's a great documentary. It's George Carlin's American dream is what it's called. And it's, it was, like I said, it was two parts, um, two hours long each. I did. And it takes him all the way from the point where he is kind of the button down, like Bob Newhart type comedian all the way through, you know, through the point where he, you know, he dies. So it's, it's all that it's like, you know, he started in the fifties. So it's almost 50 years of a, of a comedian's life. Oh, wow. Which, which I don't think we always get, you know, we get kind of like, Oh, oh you know, a, a funny bit here, or a funny bit there. And yeah, it talks, you know, it talks about his family life and talks about, um, you know, the seven deadly in seven deadly words, it's the seven words you can't say on TV mm-hmm. that whole, that, that mm-hmm. was one of his, you know, obviously his, his biggest contributions, but, um, unlike Gary Shandling, I was, I knew of Carlin and I knew Carlin bits, but I was ne- I wasn't as big into him as I was, um, Gary Shandling, but it was one of the things where I feel like Carlin's presence in comedy for me was like, he was, he was omnipresent, but at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't as into him as I was say other comedians. Does anyone else have that? I mean, I don't know. Does anyone else, you know, a big Carlin fan? Do they feel the same way? Do they? I feel kind of the same way. Like I, I'm familiar with some of his bits, the famous bits. Right. But then I more knew him from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. Well, they talked. They talked. They talked to Alex um, Winter. Yes, they talked to Alex Winter. Alex Winter has some nice anecdote stuff and talked about him. And you know, 
and that he was just like super warm and fuzzy and you know the, you know you see him you know you see him on stage and he's just you know laying down truth all the mm-hmm. time and being you know and, and cracking you up and but no on the, on the set he just couldn't have been nicer or sweeter to them then you know because they were you know he's like you know basically when like we were a couple of kids and he was no he was you know we thought maybe he might be unapproachable but no he was completely the opposite way he was really great to them so okay but you know i mean it starts off with and he was you know he's got this kind of battle internally about being you know kind of playing the game of doing comedy but inside he was like these this is what i the things that i see in society that don't work or the inequalities that I see that don't work and I can't keep just being this guy that does like cat skill comedy stuff. And I want to break away from that. And he does, but it takes him a long time to get to the point where he's like, Nope, I'm not playing the game anymore. And at one point he does, a, he, they show him on this, like he does variety shows, which I didn't know that he did. Mm-hmm. Like I knew he did like Ed Sullivan and stuff like that. Um, there's a great bit where he's on a couch in the documentary with Jackie Mason. <laughs> okay. And Jackie Mason, like, look, you know, it's like, you know, again, 50 years ago. So imagine Jackie, a young Jackie Mason, which to me, in my mind, Jackie Mason was never young. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so he's doing, and he does like the, the, I can't remember, I think it was um, Merv Griffin. I mean, I know, I know like anybody under 30 is tuned out by now, but anyone who's still listening that's like <laughs> near our age, Merv Griffin is, I think, interviewing him and asking him, you know, he, so like, he's like, you know, how do you, do, how do you think, I, you know, how'd you do? How do you feel like it went? And then, then George Carlin does Jackie Mason's impression to Jackie Mason's face. And it's amazing. Cause I didn't, again, I, you know, it's like basically he's messing with him, but again, I know, you know, to think that they were even like, I know they were comparable, like they were in the same time frame, but I never thought the fact that they rubbed elbows or were near one another. Right. Um, another moment that's like that is like when he's on variety shows, there's one variety show with, and this again, I can't believe I'm, I'm referencing that's incredible again, but, <laughs> Um, there was a show that's incredible that had Fran Tarkenton, who was the, was a, was a, a football player and a, and a TV host. And I think he hosted like Monday night football. Um, and then there was this guy, John Davison and John Davison was, I, even as a kid felt very artificial and saccharine, you know, of the three hosts, it was him. And then Kathleen Crosby, who was, um, an actress. And I believe she was a model. And at one point she did a pilot where she was, um, Wonder Woman in a Wonder Woman costume you've never seen before in your life other than this one TV pilot. So anyway, um they were they they show this clip of of um John Davidson on this variety show and when I saw it I'm like it all clicked and I'm like well that makes sense. Of course John Davidson's on this super saccharine suite, you know. Let's show everybody, you know, together dancing and you know, like it's 60s kids, you know, trying to do this stuff and it's very safe. And there's George Carlin as their like in-house comedian. Well, their other in-house comedian is Richard Pryor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's a bit where it's, where it's super saccharine, sweet, straight-laced, you know, uh, John Davidson, and he's asking, you know, Carlin and, and Richard Pryor about the differences in the way that audiences laugh. And it's, it's very, like, again, the bit that they show, I was like, I never had any, I mean, like, I, again, they're contemporary of each other. I knew full well that they were, you know, they were on the same era and they had this, you know, Richard Pryor is, is you know, a legend in comedy. And so is Carlin, but I never knew that they were that close to each other for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was to me like that, like, so, but there's stuff like that throughout it. I mean, they talked to Chris Rock, they talked to Seinfeld, they talked to Bill Burr. Who else did they talked to? Uh, Colbert, Stephen Colbert. They talked to mm-hmm. John Stewart. They must've talked yeah, to oh, John yeah, Stewart. Yeah. No, John Stewart definitely is yeah. in it too. Yeah. 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 He's a big, he's a big Carlin guy. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they're doing the, there's a there's a funny bit with John Stewart when they're doing the seven words um, that you can't mm. say on TV and we shouldn't say them here even now, but still, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a good it's a if you have some time and you like Carlin at all, I highly recommend it. So, has anyone else seen any of it? Did anyone bother to take any time with it? No, I actually didn't know about. It. Where is it available streaming? HBO Max. Okay, it's on there right now. You can watch it. But yeah, I, I'm hoping that Apatow keeps doing this because I really, I think he, I think he, like I said, the, the, um, the Shanling one's good. I think the Carlin one's mm. even better. And again, it's like I said, I, if I, if I had to choose one or the other of who I was like, enjoyed more, enjoyed more of their stuff, I would go with Shanling, but I, I still, you know, I still enjoy Carlin. I still think he's important and very funny. Mm. Um, but I agree with you. Like I knew him from Bill and Ted more and I knew him from, um, Dogma. Yeah. 
where he plays the like is the cardinal he plays the cardinal in that right yeah so i knew him from other stuff and i like i said i knew that the classic bits but i didn't know this much about him so but yeah definitely worth checking out i'd give it an a it's a really good documentary for for it it held my attention for four hours even in the midst of oddly (laughs) enough heavy drug use and again all over (laughs) all over the counter and all prescribed but still it you know ironically it it held my my attention so (laughs) highly recommend it yeah that's good to hear i've been wanting to check that out yeah it's good it's really good um it's very funny it's told you know and then the other thing is one thing i like that he definitely does in shandling's is um that he also does in the carlin one is you get to see a lot of the process like a lot of like Mm -hmm. um like you know legal pad stuff that gary shanley would write himself notes on or write bits on same thing with carlin where you get to see like Mm -hmm. a bit develop or, you know, he's done it three nights in a row this way, and then he's going to ver- veer off in this way and try it a different way. And then, you know, try to get more of a, a different take on it instead of telling the same joke every night over and over again. Yeah, that's cool. I love I love hearing comedian process stuff. OK, then then you'll definitely enjoy this. It's just such a unique, I think, um, um, you know, way of fine tuning things that like mm-hmm. you just do it in front of people over and over right. and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend that. I give it an A. It was really really well done. Awesome. All right, so that's three. What you got next? Um, again, I I I, I, I this one is is one that I that I I started to watch. Well, I thought I'd seen it. I I wasn't sure if I had seen it before all the way through, and then I had tried earlier. I guess maybe last year to watch it, and I got, I think a third or maybe halfway through it, and my my. The whatever the DVR crapped out and I didn't have the end of it and I was not enough into it to like I had to watch it all the way through but this time I'm like I'll mm-hmm. record it I'll watch it um this is a movie from 1981 mm-hmm. so I'm th- going going back a ways <laughs> um before that's incredible yeah for the, all the way back <laughs> to that's incredible um uh, but no this one stars Chevy Chase from 1981 um and the movie is Modern Problems has anyone ever seen Modern Problems I have not no. Tommy, what about you? Nope. All right. So from, I remember, again, I thought I'd seen it all the way through, but I couldn't remember. Like there are definitely parts of it. I did not remember. Um, and then, like I said, when I tried to watch it, I guess last year, I didn't watch all of it. And it was, it was all, it's, it's a movie. Like it's not <laughs> awful, but it's not something I would, again, it's not a very good, I didn't make a good choice on this one. This was just one of those, like I said, so it, the movie itself is um, the premise is Chevy Chase is is a is um is Max Fielder. He's a uh, is an air traffic controller, right? And it's typical, like it's got some a little bit of slapsticky stuff in it. But he's a he's a air traffic controller. On the way home one night, he he was you see a part where he's doing the slapstick bit and he breaks off the 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 crank on his um on his moonroof or his sunroof. And then for the rest of the movie, it's open. So like it rains, he gets rained on or whatever. That's kind of like, you know, the half bit. Well, anyway, one night he's going home, driving home from his job. Oh, he's also, it's important to know that he's got a girlfriend he's on again, off again with, but he's really jealous and possessive with her. And she's finally had enough and she's left him. But he's driving home one night, has the moon roof or the sunroof open. Um, he ends up behind a toxic waste truck, gets sludge on him and in his car and then as a result has telekinesis powers it's the worst i hate when that and happens. it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things where and and the funny thing about it and which is not intentionally funny but looking back on it like the special effects are like are they're 80s bad but they're 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 really bad like not not like you know i mean it's 81 so it's not there's some innovation there's some stuff that's going on that's cool but it's like when he's walking his back into his apartment after he gets top, you know, doused with the sludge, he's glowing green, like, like old fifties, like Fred McMurray flubber green. <laughs> nice. So he's like, that's the kind of like, you know, or the, the cat from outer space green. Like right. that's the kind of thing that they used for. And again, it's 1981. So there should have yeah, been, you know, they right. could have done something, but you know, he's glowing green. He finds his good telekinesis. Um, Patty DeArmville is, is his is his his on again off again girlfriend. It's also got uh, Dabney Coleman and, and L. Carter. Brian Doyle Murray's in it. Not a bad cast. Um, it's a very eighties cast. Very much so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Dabney Coleman plays like this kind of this this author who's kind of a like kind of for lack of a better term 
considers himself an alpha male. So it's Dabney Coleman just being a jerk, like right. you know, as Dabney Coleman would. Um, and then Brian Doyle Murray is a friend of of, of Max Fielder's Chevy's from like when they were like college or high school or something, and they run into each other. And then, um, anyway, so Pat and Arby, like I said, is, is 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 his girlfriend Darcy, and she starts hanging out with other people, and he doesn't like this. And there's again, I, I remember I thought I had seen this movie all the way through when I was a kid, but I couldn't remember it all. There's like two funny scenes in the entire movie, really. One is Darcy's gone out with another dude to the place that they go and have dinner when they were together. The guy has a bit of a nosebleed. And by the end of it, because of this telekinesis, um, Chevy basically makes like, it's almost like a a geyser of blood coming out of this guy. And the guy doesn't die or anything, (laughs) but it starts off as a trickle. And then he, you know, Chevy's making funny faces, and this guy's like got this geyser of blood coming out of his nose, which is pretty funny. Um, it holds up, and that's that's it. That's a, that's one funny scene. The other funny scene in all of it is, um, same thing. She goes out with the same dude at, at the ballet, and um, Chevy makes the main lead, the male lead, start to slide all over the stage, like it ends up in this in the scenery at one point, and then um. It's clear they put like a bladder in the front of his 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 leotard, and Chevy just like does like satchmo cheeks to the point where like it explodes. And this dude has this big bulge that gets bigger and big. I mean, like the twelve year old in me like was like, "Yep, I remember this. This is still funny." Um, and it gets the big bulge, and then of course it pops, and the you know, the audience laughs, and that's you know it ruins what's supposed to be a romantic evening for Darcy and this dude. Um, it culminates in them going away together, like get back together. They go away to the um to this 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 uh beach house with dabney coleman and brian doyle murray um nell carter is 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 the is the is the housekeeper and she thinks that he's possessed as opposed to being as opposed to having a you know telekinesis from this toxic sludge and then tries to basically conjure it out of him not really funny um i mean chevy they, that's when they do their most special effects is at the climax of this movie dabney coleman makes a pass at darby at darcy and then um you know that then it basically becomes like the end of the movie is where Chevy's just throwing people around with with telekinesis, like in The Exorcist, kind of a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. There's a little bit of that. Okay. Well, at one point she at one point she she puts like you know um, a ring of powder around the bed that he's in, and then because it's the '80s, he he telekinetically snorts it because <laughs> it's the '80s, okay. and then snorts it all the way, and then you know you know and then and then just sort of laughs in her face, and then you know. Anyway, the, the movie, the end of the movie, I'm I'm going to spoil this for again because this is not a movie that anyone needs to see. You can go on with your lives. Um, he ends up on the roof. There's a the lightning stri- lightning bolt strikes the the weather vane. Um, he loses his powers, and um, Nell Carter gets the uh, gets telekinesis through the TV, so she has the powers at the end of it. The end. <laughs> oh, sequel talk, and we never got yeah, it, right. Though. So yeah, right. So they get, you oh, know, never got the Nell Carter sequel. Yeah. They could well. I, I don't think she's in law. I don't think is she's so long. She, is she with us? I don't think she's with us anymore. I don't think she's. I don't, with think, us anymore. I don't think she's with us. Anymore. She was for a no. little while after that, though. Yeah, mm. well, she wasn't give me a break. That was yeah. probably her biggest. That, and then I think yep. she did a lot of stuff over, like like a lot of big. Um, Amos Behaven was her other thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she no, she passed away in two thousand three, unfortunately. But Man, I used to love give me a break. I know. <laughs> it was it was it was a, set, a classic sitcom. But yeah, I would give this movie a D. Do not bother seeing it. Um, again, it was part nostalgia, part I hadn't finished ever before. And, and like I said, the only two scenes that held up from, you know, when I saw it when I was a, a wee lad still were pretty funny, but not, not enough to see this movie. That one will not be going on my list then. No, don't yeah. put it on your list. No, I would give it, like I said, D. Definitely don't George bother. George Carlin, I'll check out this one. Yes. Not so much. No, not so much. All right. So what do you got left? All I really have left is the Batman. I mean, I, I like okay. I said, I watched. I didn't watch anywhere near as much as I did last time, just because I, I just couldn't. I mean, they were just, you know. Okay. Let me do. So, so let's get into the Batman here. But first, mm. if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is. dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you want to suggest a topic, you can send it our way in the comments or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L M K H I I. So, I just want to get that in. I figured that was you know, a, sure. a good spot. And then we can, we can spend the rest of this on, on the Batman. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I watched the Batman. I, I finally got a chance to, I had plenty of time, so I was able to watch it in chunks. 
I did not sit through it initially the entire um the entire thing. I, that was not going to happen. But I did watch it. Uh-huh. Um overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was really like I thought it was a really good movie. I did have the feeling did anyone else have this feeling when I listened to last week's episode? Did you all feel like it was two movies put together? Not as much as I feel like Bad Boys is two movies put together, but uh, <laughs> but no. Mm. What do you mean? Well, what I meant was is like it feels really, it feels dense. Like in a in a note, I don't, I don't always like when I feel like a movie is is put together from two different scripts. It's not always a bad thing. Like this is one of those rare instances, instances where I was thought, well, this works. I mean, I wasn't mm. bored, and I felt like it worked pretty well overall. It it felt more like, um. Like, I think they, they you know, I, I don't know for sure. And I can't say if, if, uh, is it Matt Reeves? Yeah. Matt Reeves is the director. Yeah. I can't say that Matt Reeves looked at Gotham and thought, well, you know, Gotham is this, is, is, yes, it's Batman, but there's a boatload of other characters usually going on at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we watch Batman movies, it feels like there's Batman and then there's like the new threat. And then the rest of the city is just backdrop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot, like th- what I liked about this movie is that it doesn't act like that because it definitely acts like, well, no, you know, at any given time, whether they're, you know, whether people are thrown on costumes with question marks or, you know, um, cat costumes or, or, you know, Tommy Gunn and, uh, you know, a, the double day Decker bus, um, it doesn't, that all this stuff is going on at the same time as Batman's doing whatever he's doing. So it felt very alive to me in a way that other movies hadn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, one thing I did notice that I thought was interesting was this is the first movie since Batman 66 to have all four of those villains in the same movie at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, the idea that it's got, you know, it's got, well, it's got Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, and possibly the, (laughs) you know, maybe, right. You know, the, the Joker, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's what we're supposed to think right that's that's where we're supposed to be is that yeah yeah okay yeah okay oh yeah definitely just making sure i think they've been pretty clear about that uh okay just want to make sure on camera and off camera okay because i remember when it, it was early early on like i'm talking like early trailer stuff people were like i think that he's um what's his name um was it barry yeah barry uh, we have this fell down this rabbit hole trying to figure out how to pronounce his name, his yeah. last name Keen? last week. Yeah, and then Keen? we did. It's 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 like Cohen, Cohen in the Irish pronunciation. Cohen. All right, sure. Yeah. Barry Cohen. So that sounds about right. But um, yeah, I, I you know that was something that struck me. I kind of I chuckled at that. The idea of like, wow, you managed to pull it off. There's all four of them, um, in it, and it works. Like I, I didn't think that it was something that it felt. Like I said, I, I just felt like at one point they thought, well, what if we did, you know, uh, a Catwoman story a la with Carmine Falcone and it has mm-hmm. the penguin in it as kind of a gangster type thing. But at the same time, what if we did like the meeting of, 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 or we rolled out the Riddler and then also, you know, tease the Joker. I mean, that's what I mean when I say like, it felt like two different films because it felt like all these pieces sort of go together, but I could see if they wanted to, they could have easily split them off into two different things. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? I could see that. I could see that. That's all. Because I think in the past, they would have done that. I think they would have, rather than, you know, said, you know, instead of taking an entire, you know, eating the entire apple, well, let's take a bite here and a bite there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, surely the, surely the, you know, the, you know, the Mr. Freeze needs his entire, I'm like, I know Mr. Freeze needs an entire movie to himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like Freeze, but, you know, you know, I, Heart of Ice is 22 minutes and it, it's killer you know, from Batman, the animated mm-hmm. series. And it works for a reason because it's, it's tight and it works really well. I don't know if you can stretch that out to two, two and a half hours and be like, yeah, that, that's why we need a Mr. Freeze. Movie. But, um, what else did I like? I, I like the fact that he's, it's one of those instances, especially with, with Batman where Batman is not like, he's obviously he's Batman and he's super duper smart, but the Riddler is, just a little bit smarter than him mm-hmm. it felt like mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool I, you know because that's not something that they're willing to do a lot of times he's either like either he's you know incompetent set on fire by the scarecrow and batman begins or he's the uber bat right. and it's not really a little yeah you know i mean i i don't i don't think there's a lot of 
steps in between that that we get. And I thought this this one did that really well. Yeah. The idea yeah. of, you know, he solves everything and then doesn't think there might be something else going on. Um, I don't think the comics would ever say Eddie is smarter than Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know that they have. I don't know that they ever will. Right. But. I mean, that that's that's my sense of it is that's very much his thing is that like to sure. keep that alive is that that's 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 something Eddie believes in is chasing. Right. right. But yeah, sure. it was interesting that that I think it is it is like, you know, flat out said in this movie at one yeah. point, like, mm-hmm. yeah, which I honestly don't mind because I was like, you know, Batman's got everything. Riddler's got one thing. He might as well be the right. best at that one thing. Well, to me, it's it's yeah. along the lines of of, you know, yes, Superman has super speed. But the Flash is just that much faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's his one thing. I mean, he's the fastest man alive. I mean, I get that whatever they race, it's it's dead heat. But, you know, they, they you know, in the years since the, the initial one, they kid each other about who's actually faster. Um, but no, that's how I look at it, too. I, I, have no, I, I have no problem at all with the idea that Riddler's just a little bit smarter than he is. Um, mm-hmm. I like in the climax in the, in the Catwoman story, the idea that... Um, if you don't have, you know, if it, if, if it doesn't fall the way that it does, you know, Falcone doesn't come out of the building, so he can't take the shot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really great. I love that part of it. Like, mm-hmm. no, he just played you. He played all of you. And it works. <laughs> it, it's great. It's awesome. Like, it's really, really good. Um, Oh, I, I will say I thought that was cool. I thought the bit with, um, <laughs> I thought the base jumping scene was awesome. The fact that it's just so ridiculous that he does it and then the outcome of it mm-hmm. from the police station i think is 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 a great bit because it's one oh, of the yeah. it's it's again i understand that it's year two and that he's doing um he's able and capable of doing these sort of things but every now and then you just like no it, he's a guy in a bat suit um <laughs> there's not it's not always going to be a smooth you know glide on the top of a train and he's you right. know waving as he as it takes him away no yeah. sometimes it's it's bad and it's you know, he gets bounced off. He gets bounced off a bus onto the street. Right. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So that was, you know, again, that was the fact. I like the fact that they they don't dumb him down, but they let him they let it be human and and somewhat realistic in parts. I thought that was really great. Um, when he's in the subway station and he's he's being told basically by Alfred, like, hey, listen, I need you to come do Bruce Wayne stuff, and he's kind of like playing the, you know. He just, he looks like he just got out of a My Chemical Romance tribute band. He's like, I can't go do that. I'm not going to go do that. Um, that a lot of the, a lot of the whole movie wouldn't work if he was the kind of eligible bachelor drinking um, ginger instead of champagne swinging, you know, guy around Gotham with the Wayne Foundation. That wouldn't work for the plot. Like it, it serves plot for him to be this outsider and this loner you know mm-hmm. yeah where he's able to observe because if he was on top of things he would have understood that the 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 uh, you know the slush fund or whatever was being i think he would have been more tapped into that and i think it's an interesting bit that he's only in year 2 that he needs to basically make his game better like be more well-rounded as batman if he's going to pull this off right and i think it's done in a way that's not like it doesn't hit you over the head with it but it's like oh yeah if he had been if he had been the typical bruce wayne of at least you know, I'm watching this area of my life and I'm watching, I'm playing, I'm playing the part of Bruce Wayne and because he kind of neglects it, you know, they were able, there was, people were able to get away with stuff under his nose, which again, I don't think they would ever let it go in the comics or in anything else, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you all feel that way? I, I, that was something I took away from it that just was kind of, like, I didn't, I didn't dislike, because to me, it, the, the whole thing with him being the, the loner, it, it, it harkened back to year one for me. I, I thought I was going to hate the loner stuff okay. more than I did watching okay. the trailer and stuff like that. Like, I think that was also partially one of the reasons I was, I was a little hesitant to watch the movie. I was like, I was like, what are the, what's this? What's this version mm-hmm. we're getting? And I actually like found that it, it worked a lot and, and in weird ways, it was actually a little refreshing mm-hmm. to not see, to not see playboy Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I mean- well, yeah, because well, I mean, it remind, like I said, to me, it reminded me of of the the Frank Miller and and David Mazzucchelli year one. The idea that, um, you know, going out and and, and mixing it up in the crowd, like no one's going to really take two. You know, they may look at that guy, but they're not going to look at him twice, other than to be like, "Ooh, what's that guy's deal?" But they're not going to look right. at him and see Bruce Wayne, right? 
Yeah. You know, and it made me think, oh, you know, and then the other thing is like when in year one, Selena sees right through his disguise. It's like someone's doing a crazy loner bit. You know, someone's playing a, a crazy vet. You know, they, she thinks it might be a cop. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the other thing, the, the, and you, I saw that in the notes was the thing about the fact that her look a lot of the, in, in, is right out of year one with the bustier that laces up the front with it. She's got the short hair. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's taken, you know, taken right out of there. Um, but yeah, I thought that I thought that stuff was cool. I had no problem with him being the, you know, like he's trying to figure it out and that's what he's, he thinks he should be doing. Um I like the use the opening sequence where it's kind of like where he's doing the the voiceover and he's like I can't be everywhere and then where he chooses to be and he sort of melts out of the shadows was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice bit. Um I think that our engineer had mentioned that it was it was a good use of like a horror bit. And I thought, yeah, that's really, it's a really good bit. Right. It's utilizing like fear as a tool. Right. Right. Cause again, it's one of those things where I was trying to think, he said it might be, the, he thought it was like the first place that they had used that in the movies. And the only other place I had thought that was also sort of used that was in Begins with the mobsters down in like the, the shipping cart, the shipping cargo. Yeah. Like, the, like, doesn't it, isn't it kind of like Ramey ish in that part where it's kind of like where he's dragging guys into the shadows? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. So again, that was bit, one of the things. <laughs> little bit, little bit. I, I haven't watched begins in a while so but that's the way i remember it but no i loved I, it definitely felt with the use of sound and the way that he's portrayed um and then he first you know when there looks like that one kid is going through the, the the gang initiation and they attacks the guy on the platform that whole scene is great you know it's it's a great use of him doing stuff um what else oh the bit i, I like i like <laughs> i like the fact that that jeffrey wright his Gordon is a lot of times just is like, come on, man, <laughs> come on, man. Seriously, I, you know, you get, you know, I, I, I can only do so much for you, right? <laughs> um, there's only so much I can do with you and for you. You're gonna get me, you know. Basically, ugh, come on, just <laughs> almost like, can you be normal, please? <laughs> right. You know, to his to his guys who's supposed to, and, and and I thought their relationship was portrayed really well. You know, I think Jeffrey Wright's a phenomenal actor. He's good in most things. Um, I'm still not sold on Zodiac Killer Riddler, just because I think the only reason it's done is so you can have the climax in in the in the arena with the copycats. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have that, if they're all like, if it was, I mean, I almost wanted to see a bunch of guys in 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 bowler hats. <laughs> <laughs> canes and 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 Riddler, you know, like question mark canes, like other question marks. As, yeah. See if that copycat would have worked. That to me, like I laughed at that part, right? To see the idea of them trying to pull that off, like nope, we're all the dapper Riddlers, you know, trying to pull it off as opposed to like we're all the copycat, you know, Zodiac killer. Um, I almost and then and then to get to the end scene, I had the idea that um having the two of them, and that when I say the two of them, I mean the Joker and Riddler next to one another in Arkham made me wonder if it's going to be a sense of, well, Eddie, you need a little showmanship. You don't need to, you know, you know, you don't need to be quite so dark, but mm. again, it, cause I thought, I thought when they finally had the confrontation between the two of them, when they get to see each other face to face, quote unquote, um, Paul Dano's like, you know, he, the way he acts that scene is great. I think it's a phenomenal scene. What did you think about Paul Dano? That, what did you like his performance, his portrayal? I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked his performance. I thought I thought I thought he was great. I'm with you. Like I'm a little I I can eat this version of Riddler, mm-hmm. like what I was saying last week. But you know, it's not my preferred take. I do think when you were talking about the visual, I think the visual is the thing, probably that that informed this approach first. I mm-hmm. think they thought like, well, we can't have him be scary and have him in either version of the accepted costumes <laughs> from the books. We no, can't no have question. him in spandex question marks and we can't right. have him in a suit with right. question marks either because neither is really scary. And so what's scary? <laughs> right. And so right. they landed on this. And then I think that that just sort of like opened maybe the door right. to like, oh, now we, now maybe we have permission to do a completely different take. Mm-hmm. I did think this is this is one thing I left on the cutting room floor from last week. I did think the arrest scene, which I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling like I thought there was going to be something more with the coffee cup that he puts the question mark in. Right. Right. Yeah. Which which I like that they have that they, that, you know, they've thought about it enough that when he puts his hands up, he's got the straw in his hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, that's how we did it. Right? Right. right. But then but then my thought was like, like, 
is there a message on the cup somewhere under the cup? What's going <laughs> right. on? And I'm like, oh, there's right. nothing really there. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I like that scene. I, I I think it was it was, um, you know, the I, th- I'm trying to remember which scene in particular it was, but it definitely felt like it was alluding to some other scene of someone in a similar situation being picked up. And then, you know, being, you know, kind of innocuous and that sort of being a threat at the time, even though you know full well that they are. Um, oh, I like the classist stuff. I thought the idea of, of his speech about, you know, let's worry about the rich kid in the tower, you know, was a nice take. It's not something we think about a lot when, when we, you know, the idea of the universality of, of, you know, what happens to Bruce and that it could happen to, you know, other kids and the fact that. Nobody was nobody was thinking about other kids. They're all worried about Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that one. That one was that was. I thought that was an interesting take. Again, something we had not really seen before. Um, it's very rare that we get that take. You know, obviously he's, he's you know, he's part of the one percent, but he's not. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to think. You know, it's hard to think of it that way. But again, I had not thought of that. But I liked I liked that aspect of it. What'd you think about Penguin? I, he's great. I think Colin Farrell was okay. amazing. I thought he was really good in it. Bring on the that HBO Max series they've been talking about. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it'd be about, but I, I'd, I'd watch you know six to eight episodes about Colin Farrell's Penguin. Um, <laughs> you know, again, I you know I, I think I listened to the part where you guys were talking about the fact that he didn't have an umbrella, but he had the cane, and that works. Um, yeah, and, and and as much as Gotham, it did rain in Gotham. There, there should have been someone with an umbrella that would have made some sense, <laughs> right? You know, it's a very damp movie, right? I mean, you could still do the, you know, you could always do the bit of, you know, in in some versions of his origin, it's you know, his mother made him carry an umbrella because the, the his father died from pneumonia for not having mm-hmm. an umbrella, so she was constantly yeah. on him about always wearing, always having an umbrella on him, um. So he forcibly doesn't, but then ends up picking one up anyway. I mean, there's a ton of things you could do with it, but no, I, I think it's great. I, I like the idea of, um, you know, you guys brought up the fact that there's a lot of, of whispering, <laughs> you know, characters right. whispering to one another and that he's just, you know, he's just out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there. You know, I'm not the penguin, you know, <laughs> that, that, that bit is great again, you know, and it, it fits, I think it fits in, in a way with the idea that, you know, squawking penguin, you know, he's loud. Um, fits in well with these other characters that are not so loud. Um, but yeah, his performance was great. I, he, if you again, if you had, if you made me guess who was playing Penguin, I don't think I would have gotten Colin Farrell. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I, I'm super. I'm I'm way. I'm even more. I'm all in on the the Penguin series. Whatever they do with him, if they they go ahead with that, if that's the actual that's going to happen. I don't even know. I heard more about it. Yeah, no, it could be it could be a cool. We may be witnessing a resurgence of the character. Yeah, it's a probably. sort of like top top tier Batman villain, which he's not been that in a long time. You'll agree with me the fact that, you know, I think a lot of the Arkham games help with that too, right? With the Coke bottle monocle? Yes, exactly. The <laughs> idea of him being a little, you know, being like a tough guy with the Cockney accent. I mean, granted, they went that I'm fine with the way they went with it. But um in that he's a lot more um he's definitely a lot more of a threat. Mm. Like they don't play him as, you know, he's not He's not Burgess Meredith, like Clifton had mentioned the episode before. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> you know, he's not that, and he's not—he's not the the Dan DeVito, you know, biting noses off with flipper hands either. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I, I could see—I I could see definitely them doing all sorts of stuff with him in a series. Having mm. said that, I will say um, I can't imagine that they're not that the guys aren't at a whiteboard now at Warner Brothers going, "How do we get Zoe Kravitz into her own movie?" Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that they're not. Whether the next movie is I a, would love that too. Unless not 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 saying that Zoe Kravitz is um that not 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 having a solo movie, even if it's Gotham City Sirens, I could see how do we put Margot Robbie and Zoe Kravitz in the same room. <laughs> like I'm sure they're trying to find a way to, again again, I know that that DC and Warner Brothers are like, yeah, well, if you like this, watch this, and it doesn't have to be continuity based, but I still think that they're trying to make that happen any way possible. And I, I would watch it. I thought she was really great as Selena and really great as Catwoman. Um, I'm not a big fan of that costume. I don't, th- I think the head, you know, either give her the Darwin goggles. Um, right. Or, or give her a different look, but I didn't quite like the, the thing over the nose didn't quite work for me. I think she needs a better costume. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise I'm all up. I'm on board with that too. I thought that was, she, her performance was really good. 
I thought they were good together. I think Pattinson was really good as, as Bruce and as Batman. I think that works really well too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think that there was a moment where he didn't really do well. I thought it was all, you know, I think everybody in it is really good. I don't think there was anybody mm-hmm. that stood out that was like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> you know, there was not, even with Tatura was, is Carmine. I was kind of unsure about that. And I yeah. love Tatura. I think John Tatura is a, fan, it's a fantastic actor, but yeah, um, he's great as Carmine too, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, you guys were talking last week about doing like Selena's big score or um, what was the other one you mentioned? When in Rome. When in Rome. Yeah, I could see that. I would like to see her. I would, you know, now that she's kind of dealt with like one of the bigger things in her origin or things in her past kind of been taken care of by this movie, I'd like to see a little more um, Devil May Care, you know, a little more mm-hmm. fun. Um, Selena, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I always like Selena when she's getting over on somebody. Right. You yeah. know, it's just more caperish, just out on a caper. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like a good caperish Catwoman. So I think if you did that, it could be a lot of fun with her. I think she's, but I think, again, I think everyone across the board did a really great job putting the two of them together. And I mean, Joker and Riddler makes me wonder if they're going to start putting things into the war of jokes and riddles from Tom King. Yeah. Um, I get that somewhere they might head things to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also agree with, with Clifton when you were talking about it last week, the idea that, um, yes, everyone wants to see Batman and the Joker go at it again. Right. But it's not something I need to see right now. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, and since they've set this up as they have, I like the, I love the idea of, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, Arkham is, a, you know, Arkham is a revolving door. It doesn't have to be something where it's just a Joker movie. That's one thing I think we've never really gotten a chance to deal with is the idea of, you know, they're all out there, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you could have another threat emerge, but, you know, it's nice to turn the wheel and say, well, yeah, this is how it affects Batman, but how would Joker handle this? Or how would the Riddler handle this? How does Gordon handle it? And on and on and on. And I think that move, this movie does it really well. And they, if they stick with that formula, it could be really compelling as opposed to just being like, Batman's got to take care of a thing that's never happened before and everything else just sort of exists in a vacuum and we don't see how it affects everything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all in all, I, I, I like the Batman. There were, the things about it I, I, I thought were good. You know, it was a good movie overall and there were still things that, like I said, with uh, Eddie's look that I was like, eh, I would, I would still love to see him in, you know, <laughs> the, top, the, the bowler hat and, and the Joker, right. not the Joker, but the, the question marks. Oh, and you guys, you brought up the thing that I, that I definitely meant to talk to you about was and the climax, that's Venom, right? Clearly, that's Venom. Yeah, that's where we're leaning. It, 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 you can, like, yeah. if you don't want it to be, it doesn't have to right. be, but I think it was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it didn't say bat steroid on the side of it or anything, <laughs> right. or, right. you know. <laughs> and adrenaline shots usually aren't neon green. In, right, right. <laughs> from what so, I know. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of that, where, it, you know, I mean, if that's the, you know, if that's, the, I don't think we need a full on you know, movie of him trying to beat Venom or get that Venom monkey off his back. But the idea that it's out there is cool. I'm Mm -hmm. cool with that. You know, that's a good thing. I know Batista wants to play him. (laughs) Again, if they, if they go with, if they go with, um, you know, Vengeance of Bane, Bane and and let him be Doc Savage, Mm -hmm. you know, smart. Yeah. If we yeah. let him be like, let him be smart and, and do and like do cool stuff. I'm fine with that. As opposed to it's not just, you know, he's roiding out and then has no intelligence. I don't want to see that again. And I don't, I mean, not that we did get, we got that with, um, Tom Hardy. uh, yeah, the Tom Hardy one, but we definitely don't, it definitely, it's not, it's still not, I don't think they've gotten Bane right on, on the big screen just yet. Mm. Right. You know? I think Tom Hardy's close. I think I think a bit of a skim milk version as far as as far as you know they you cast an actor that's not actually bigger than Batman, yeah, than the guy playing Batman, and so you try to get around in a couple of different ways: the sound effects, how you shoot him, mm-hmm. right? He's younger, right. et cetera, et cetera, right. and everything. But I do think this is something kind of Tommy alluded to last week. I think, you know, yeah, I think. If you cast Batista, you do have an actor now that, that that has a noticeable size difference over the guy playing Batman. Well, yeah, right. And I yeah. think you get the I think you get the the um just the visual aspect of the story 
mm-hmm. like to, 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 them standing in front of each other. Right. Oh, how's he going to beat that guy? Look at sure. the size of him. Right. right. Like, I right. think that's a lot of the character. Yeah. Well, of course, not everything, I mean, but that's a lot of it. it right. Is, you know, he's a house. Well, right. <laughs> and I think, but I think the other thing about it is just the idea of, um, since we've seen, you know, in this one, Bruce have to deal with an intellectual threat, right? Um, mm. The idea of a house that is an intellectual threat is even more compelling since you've already established that, well, this is how he handles it when he's got to deal with, you know, a big brain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would say about doing Bane that quickly would be um, just the idea that, you know, a lot of his, op- you know, his opening gambit is I'm going to blow apart Arkham Asylum and send out everybody out in one night. Right. Right. Yeah. And just overwhelm him. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, Bane, if that's what we're getting because of what, it, what appears, you know, to be Venom. I'm all for that. But then, and, the, and then Clifton, you said you did not look at the deleted scene. Yeah. I had not seen the deleted scene. Still haven't actually yet okay. at this point. All right. Well, we don't talk about that. I, I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, we described know. it in the episode. So oh, I do, okay. I am aware of what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I it just it's I don't know it it's kind of I think that was fan servicey. It felt very mm-hmm. fan servicey. It felt very much like well we got to have a moment between the two because when I think if you just let your mind fill in the gaps of well surely they've met, mm-hmm. you know he's one of the earliest and then right. you know but I, I I think you guys touched on it too was the idea of um I, I think the Joker at this point in 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 culture and, and the and zeitgeist, I don't think you need to establish the idea of the first meeting between the two of them. I think we've seen it tons of times. So I think the idea of like, well, surely that's a Joker. And then see the Joker be like, you know, this is a second or third go around as opposed to his first go around mm-hmm. is an interesting take. Um, again, I liked, again, part of the, what I liked about the movie was just the fact that no Gotham has been gone on and breathing. And if Batman's in his second year, he's probably met the Joker by now, you right. know, all these other characters are, yeah. are established. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to roll out a big, we don't have to just spend an hour and 45 minutes on a character that, you know, most of the culture knows. Yeah. You know. It's already had multiple origin movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we could just sort of get into the thorny, the meat of it all. And, and I think that's, that's, that, that movie, this movie especially lends itself to other things that it, it's established that, no, you know, Yes, this is the first time that we're seeing the rise of the Riddler, but at the same time, he's not the only one. And again, the idea that with the Venom, you know, that means, you know, there's other things that have gone on. So, no, they left themselves a lot of good directions to go into. I just don't know for sure where they're going to go yet. So, but all in all, I liked it. I thought the movie was really good. Having said all this. What's your letter grade? I what would I give it? I'd give it an A minus. I thought it was that good. Okay, I'd watch it again. Okay, I well. really enjoyed it. I just like I said, cosmetically, I just other than I mean, it serves story why he looks like that. But I don't, I don't. It's not a take. I would, I, I need when, whenever he comes back, whatever capacity he comes back. I, I, I pray it's not that, you know, Zodiac killer looking outfit. <laughs> I still hate it. I still don't like it. I get it. I did see but, somebody after um after we did the review episode um mm-hmm. somebody had pointed out that the glasses in the Riddler's sort of like design is actually like the same glasses that Jim Carrey wore at Batman forever. Okay. So like in a we- in a weird way, it's kind of a nod to, to, mm. to even the Schumacher <laughs> stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I can see that. That makes sense. All right. I did. I did see the, the, the special thanks screen in the credits mm-hmm. because I sat and watched the whole thing. Cause I thought I knew there was something. Right. But it was cool. It was nice to see that, that, you know, I, I geek out for this sort of stuff when, when the special thanks credits are like, I mean, it's a long list. It's Neil Adams, Ed Brubaker, Chuck Dixon, Bob mm-hmm. Haney, Steve Lieber, Frank Miller, right? Like all the way down, like, and I'll jump around Jeff Loeb, David Mazzucchelli, Gary Frank, Brian Azzarello, Darwin Cook, Denny O'Neill, Marshall Rogers, Graham Nolan. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. it's really, really cool. To see just all of those names thrown up, which all of those names from the comics who you right. know, laid the ground, the groundwork for it in their comics work, art and writing. Yeah, because this one does have a lot of uh, this one's got some comic cred to it. 
It really right. does. I mean, you know, it's it's small, it's slight, but uh, you know, it definitely plays with a lot of established stuff out there. Like, you know, even even in sort of um, you know, hints of things, right? Like mm-hmm. like not even like outright saying things, but just you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was saying in the last episode, like the East End, like that's all like that Brubaker Catwoman run. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? Yep. It definitely it definitely bothers brothers. It definitely borrows from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I think, you know, I think yeah. it's you know, and I think obviously the you know, the ones like Clifton was saying, the ones that lay the groundwork, the ones that got them to that point, they should they deserve that acknowledgement for sure. Yeah. So all right. Well, I'm happy you're back. I'm happy you saw it yeah. and, and we got your thoughts in there for sure. Because yeah, a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was uh you know I, I, I think I think we got a good a good review for the Batman down, but yeah, I mean it was bittersweet that you weren't there. So I'm happy that sure. you know we got in we got in your thoughts for everybody too, you know. Mm-hmm. And um uh, and you like I think you liked it the the best out of all of us. Yeah, no, <laughs> I loved know? it. I, I think it gave really, it the I best was, grade. No, mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Especially after all my, my carpet on the fact that I didn't think I would enjoy it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of it. So All right. Well, as always, we'll post LinkedIn examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.